that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Relentless, remorseless, has pounded caught that star into submission. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour Podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course the tote.co.uk all the way through the National Hunt Racing season and it's the Christmas special. Normally at this point I'd say Dermot Nolan is here but he's not. Sadly he's had to um, uh, sidestep this uh, podcast but I will be giving a shout out to Pat's Fancy of course when we come to the Welsh National. We are going to go through all of the Christmas racing on here as best we can with the decks that we have and all the dual engagements that we have. Uh, plenty of racing to get through, of course, all the way between uh, the 26th and into the new year. We will do our best to cover them all and find you some winners. And who's going to help me, you might ask? Well, Paddy Aspor's back. Paddy, how are you? Good afternoon, Dino. How are we doing? Very well, Paddy. Are you looking forward to the Christmas period? I sure am. Uh, plenty to go at. And I mentioned to someone earlier when I was asked, it's it's vitally important to keep the fluids up at all times and especially <laughs> around the festive period i tend to maybe even top up even further so yeah looking forward to it some cracking action on both sides of the water and can't wait and also delighted that the proper football is back on again Ah, a bit of Premier League is back. That is true, of course. Um, yeah, fair play. Uh, your beloved uh, Villa, isn't it, Paddy? Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. For all my sins. <laughs> well, let's hope you're better at picking horses than football teams. That's all, <laughs> you know, that's what we'll be looking for. Uh, so a dehydration warning there from Paddy Aspel. Uh, we might get something different from Jamie Benson from the Tote, but he's with us. How are you, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, I'm a good order. Thanks, Dino. Um, yeah, looking forward to getting punting. I feel like I haven't, haven't had a bet in about a year at this point. Um, yeah, so. it, it really does drag on, didn't it? That cold snap dragged on, and we thought we were going to race this day, and we thought we were going to race that day, and then we raced on the day we didn't expect we were going to race, and then race the next day. I'm referring to, uh, of course, what happened at Cheltenham and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? We did get a bit lost in the wash. Yeah, geez, I just can't. I just can't wait for some racing to be on for me to do my bollocks. Uh, I've missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Uh, do you know what happened, though, during that period, of course? We did get a little bit of racing in Ireland, and Davey Russell went out on a winner and has decided to retire. Paddy, you must have uh, ridden with Davey and been in and around the mix with him. Um, I would say he is the last of the... Uh, there's been plenty of great generations of jockeys, but the McCoy, Geraghty, Walsh, Johnson, Davey Russell era um, is no more, Paddy. Yeah, no, I think that's a good shout by yourself, Dino. He is maybe the last of a, an era, isn't he? And 43 years of age, it's, you know, it's not a bad old stretch. And to be checking out on his own terms as well, I think there's a lot to be said for it. And, you know, and we didn't get the 12-month warning from Davy Russell. He just cal- <laughs> you know, no. calmly and quietly retired at Thurless on, on, on a nice, steady day. But, yeah, he's had an incredible career and there will have already been plenty said about him but a very very solid guy and I heard somebody going through his stats yesterday at Cheltenham just incredible I think there was apart I think it's 25 festival winners 25 I think and I think from 2006 onwards there was only one year and it was might have been 2019 that he didn't he he drew a blank so spot on 2006 to 2018 had a winner every single festival and then had three in 2020 but did draw that blank in 2019 yeah Yeah, no in in, incredible record and 
you know, he's 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 a real good speaker. Um, and that latest injury that he managed to get back from, and then get back to get back to his best, it was just yeah incredible. You know, it was it was it took a long time, eleven months in total, and I'm sure there was plenty of doubters. I would have been one of them when I seen shots of him on RTE one day. He really didn't look a very comfortable guy. God, no, he was doing punditry with a neck brace on. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, and you just think this guy's never riding again, but uh, no, you don't know David Russell if that's the case. But it was, it, it was fantastic that he was able to, to say, go out on his, his own terms and, you know, very, very successful and rode a serious amount of winners, both sides of the water, really. And yeah, I mean, yeah. 43 years of age, is it's certainly not to be sniffed at. But for me, I'd say the hard work starts now. Five young kids. He's got a, a <laughs> load of ponies. And um, I think we've got yeah. a bit busy old household down there. But now, good luck to him. I think he'll probably be a force to be reckoned with in the bloodstock world now, I would say, going forward. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I'll tell you what would happen to me if you sent me home now from work to five young kids. And I have two. If you sent me home to five, I'd be back at work the following Monday, I think. Without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was going to try and work out. I mean, Jamie, I, I, I'll ask you, right? He won He won two Grand Nationals. He obviously won a Gold Cup, uh, that Lord Windermere ride, a ride of, of beauty, of course. But, like, w- what kind of ride would you remember of David Russell as a punter being one that either done you over or done you a turn? Hopefully one that done you a turn. Well, I mean, the, the list of ones that are doing me a turn is a lot shorter than the ones where where I've done my bollocks, but um, <laughs> done me a turn, I always think of Maldini, which is in, in the Oh, tennis. yeah. Yeah. Um, which is one of my first great, well, I say first great, first one that actually came off great, long-range long anti-post punts. Um, Love that. Uh, and uh, and then the one who did, I, 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 don't, I don't think I'll ever, and I, this wasn't a bad ride, to be to be fair, but uh, him getting him getting done on Abacadabras, um, who, mm. again, on the other end of the anti-post punt spectrum, um, I'd had a had a good go Abagdabras in the Supreme and seeing uh, David turning for home with a double handful, finding all sorts of trouble and Shishkin. I, I've got a bad record with Nico coming from behind on on the horses that beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know where that's going. We'll but, mention um, it though because we don't. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, that, that's fine. I think you know what was interesting with with Davey is that he never really went to the the UK and 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 set up shop, did he, Paddy? He always stayed home, pretty much. He did. I mean, I suppose obviously because he started out as a, as a fairly young lad in the pointing sphere over there, he mm. had a good few miles covered, you know, in Ireland. And I think I tend to find that them lads that come over here a little bit further on in their career, they don't often settle as well as the lads that come over. Um, you know, like I came over when I was sixteen. I'd never ridden in Ireland, so it was no bother. For me, but yeah. I think there was a difficult. It was a difficult period for Davy because you know he he really did struggle with his weight before he actually put his 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 limit, his his minimum weight up. Um, and then plus the fact he was he was missing home and just missing his familiar surroundings. I don't think he ever had much of a run at it over this side of the water. But still, you know we, we could see how good he was. But unfortunately, he didn't stop around all that long but I mean look it's there in black and white he made the right choice he looked mm. a far happier man back in Ireland and you've already mentioned he, he, he had an absolutely wonderful career 
Oh, he did. I remember him getting sapped over that cup of tea by Eddie O'Leary from, <laughs> from the Giganstown job. And I, I'm not sure whether I've made this story up right, but I was at Fairy House and I'm kind of thinking this happened in front of me, or it was an anecdote told to me that I've now recorded as happening in front of me. But Mouse Morris was stood outside the weighing room at Fairy House and Eddie O'Leary's come past. And this is only recently after what happened to Davey and that cup of tea incident where he was told he wouldn't give him a gig had to take in place and Eddie O'Leary shouts over at Mouse Morris fancy a cup of tea after racing and Mouse goes no I know what happens when that happens so no <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't having it um yeah he was he was an old school boy wasn't he because I'd seen him on the gallops a few times used to have a couple of horses um in bits and pieces and they were never any good but Davey when he was down always had a fag at the gallops and he was a bit short-tempered with the with the fools around him if there were any but a proper messer David Mullins on uh, Festival Focus this week on bookmakers.com uh, called him a, a proper messer and, and a character that was always good to have around um, and I think also Brian Hayes pays a bit of tribute to him as well in the latest column of bookmakers.co.uk so check that out uh, he will be missed of course as I said one of the last of that era of McCoy, Garrity, Walsh, Johnson um, which was a bit of a golden era, I think, for, for national hunt jockeys. We've had plenty of them, but that was definitely one um, that he was part of. And uh, he will be missed. Okay, David Russell. Um, all right, let's move on to um, what is going to happen. Because, Jamie, as you mentioned, we've now got some actual racing to get stuck into. So the total are going to be busy, of course, over the Christmas period. Um, so the betting tournaments are back. I will be trying to, to beat you in there, along with many other people. But I don't think I'll have much chance. But hopefully you don't do too well, Jamie. <laughs> and I'll pick up a few extra quid from these tournaments. I think we're going with um, three over the seven-day period, right? Yeah, geez, God, I, I forgot it was three. Oh, I'm gonna have to get studying. Yeah, no, it was um, yeah, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and then the first of Jan. Uh, so three yeah. individual tournaments on each of the days, and uh, as usual, there'll be the, the, the two funds, uh, one a prize fund for the first, second, and third on overall sort of gross profit, um, on just on your normal punting that you do with the tote that day. All you need to do is just opt in. Uh, and then the second one is the Beat Benson Fund, as you as you described. So there'll be there'll be uh, I think it's about five grand in the fund, and if you beat me, uh, you get a share in it. So last time uh, was at the Chelton, uh, sorry, was it at Sandown actually? And I did yep. my uh, did, did did my bollocks as previously referenced, as as will be continually referenced throughout the throughout the podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, and then that day, all you need to do was uh, was make. 1p or more of profit because uh because i was in loss and have three bets of uh, a tenner or more and you would have taken home an extra 17 quid for your troubles um yep but... i did it and spent it and it's gone yeah I, I did do that i did manage to, <laughs> to catch you out there so i'll hopefully be doing that again so that's boxing day 27th and then new year's day of course yeah. and then there's the place spot guarantees as well that obviously that we're 100k a day uh, at selected meetings but 250k kempton on 26th welsh national day at chepstow on the 27th and newcastle on the 28th so big pools in on offer they'd normally be big anyway yeah they would be i mean i'd say i'd say that that kempton boxing day one will get well well above the the guarantee of the two fifty there. Those those oh, yeah. guarantees are like we say just a minimum. Um, they're they're more for days where you're not quite sure and you, and you think it's normally going to be a big pot, but you know you've definitely got a big pot to shoot at. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if that Kempton one got nearer the sort of three four hundred thousand pound mark, um, which is uh, you know it's yeah it, it's still depending on results. You still want uh, a couple of fabs to get beaten maybe. Um, and, yeah. and come out, come out the three. But um, yeah, it's it, it's just a great fun bit, bit bit of interest throughout the day, isn't it? Well, throughout the day for most people, not throughout the day for me. I tend to be out on the first leg more often than not. <laughs> 
Well, if you are God in the first, you know, the beauty of it is there is, there is the fantasy race in there, Jamie. So that's going to be on every day. So you can go out in the first or have a blowout and still be in the mixer. Dino, Dino that, it, that is literally the most perfect segue I've ever heard. Top Thanks. man. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I literally it was so so rubbish at the play spot that I had to invent a new form of betting in the form of fantasy where you can't go out in the first leg, uh, where realistically you're still in it until, until the penultimate leg. Uh, top 25% of people make money. You're always in with the shout. Uh, yeah, the cross between fantasy football and the play spot uh, running every day throughout Christmas as well. So, yeah, definitely definitely give that a go. That's what I'll be focusing on. But, um, yeah, plenty going on. Plenty going on with the tie, that's for sure. Yeah, lots of chances to earn an extra few quid just from your normal days punting. Uh, that fancy, I have a little note in my calendar that I've got to do my fancy football and I've added to it. And I've actually got to do my fancy racing on the same day. So I'll come and get you there as well, Jamie. So yeah, just all eyes, all eyes. Top, top man, <laughs> top man. You, you need to get your, uh, if you finish in the, in the top uh, top two positions, so either first or second in fancy, you get a little Hall of Fame trophy on your on your tote profile, which, um, which, oh my God. which you've got to do. Yeah, exactly. It's, oh, I want that. It's the ultimate, the ultimate judge's uh, badge of honour. Um, safe to say, I'm still searching. Business idea for you and the guys at the Tote, Jamie Hart and everyone else, is uh, just Elon Musk this and let me buy one. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I'll stick the verified Tote, you know, full prize winner thing sticker on my, uh, on, on my no, username. No, 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 Twitter blue here, mate. You've got to earn it. You've got to earn it. <laughs> fair enough. All right, fair enough. All right, I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> I hopefully come back to you in January after we've been through all of this, telling you that I landed one of those play spots, that I managed to nick a spot in the fantasy and then one of those crowns. And um, yeah, and hopefully I've caught you in the tournament. But you know, it's a little bit unfair. I kind of feel like it's me v Jamie. But like, you know, there's plenty of other people in the mix too. The guy to catch is normally Andrew Mount, so I'll do my best. Um, all right, thanks very much for that. There's, like I say, there's so much going on at Tote. Do check it out. Um, links obviously always in our bios. And uh, get involved over Christmas. It does seem to be the time to get involved. We're going to take a break here. When we come back. It's the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, and all of the Christmas racing across Leopardstown, Limerick, Kempton, uh, Chepstow, and elsewhere. So join us after this break. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing. Okay, welcome back to the Christmas special Race Hour podcast edition brought to you, of course, with bookmakers.co.uk. That's where you'll find us and all of our tips. And, of course, thetote.co.uk. Jamie Benson is here from the Tote and Paddy Aspel is here. Sadly, no, Thurman Nolan. With a mountain of racing to get through. We're going to kick off, obviously, with the 26th. Stevens's Day, depending where you are in the world, or Boxing Day. And uh, the first race we're going to look at is the Long Walk Hurdle at Kempton. Goes post 12.45. Um, of course, on Stevens' Day or Boxing Day. And uh, actually, I think this is this is quite a hot race. Champ, Miranda, Paisley Park, Goshen trying the three miles and a bit. Botox has, who's in rude form. Maybe that six-year-old can step forward and not so sleepy. He'll obviously go and do something a bit crazy um, from the front end. Jamie, why don't you kick us off with this? Uh, Champ, Miranda, Paisley Park, they're the front three. What do we like? I mean, it's a bit, it, it, like I said, it's a great race. It's a really interesting one. Yeah, Goshen stepping up a trip. Um, mm. Miranda, probably the young young challenger of these ones, even though you know he's a seven year old, but uh, he's got a lot to find on ratings. You know, he's he's one four six. He's in receipt of seven pounds, but you know, Champ, Paisley Park, Goshen, they're also one sixty ish. Um, yep. Interestingly, at a price, I actually I'm probably siding with not so sleepy. 
Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, cool. his run style wouldn't lend the, wouldn't immediately make you think he's a he's a three mile hurdler, right? But he stayed every yard of the Cesarowicz, which is two mile two flat. I mean, you literally you're staying from from the get go there. And yep. um, uh, I don't know. I just I just thought he was um, I just thought he was an interesting interesting runner and probably didn't deserve to be the rag of the field. Um, okay. So yeah, that's probably probably my my small angle into it, but um, yeah, it's it's an interesting race regardless. Well, I mean, remarkably, we three veterans in here, right? They could all be in those types of races if they were that way inclined. Champ, Paisley Park, and not so sleepy, all ten, and they'll they'll turn eleven like five days later, Paddy. This is an old boys race almost. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Half and half of the field, ten years old, just shy of their eleven birthdays. So obviously, very capable performers and. Even since I first looked this morning, although not so sleepy is the outsider, you know, his price has shortened up already. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't rule any of the six out and heard of a really good interview with his trainer, Huey Morrison, yesterday. And he's a real handful, both on and off the track, this horse, apparently. So so you've always got that little asterisk with, with not so sleepy. He's, he's quirky for sure, but it's worth a shot. He is a real stare on the level. Um, But... I thought it was interesting that Paul has chucked Miranda in here to take on the boys. Still mm. early days for her. She's got form round here, hasn't she? And I know she has got a bit to do on the book. Obviously, she's getting her allowance. So, yeah, she could be the fly in the ointment. And she is second fav currently. But I was going to go with Botox has here. I haven't heard any rumours about jockey bookings. Who's going to ride what? But, I mean, surely Jamie's going to ride Goshen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, Goshen is rated £7 higher, but the betting can hardly split them. I just think he yep. could be a little bit more unexposed, Botox has. I don't think Gary Moore has made any secret of the sort of ability this horse has. And yeah, he's, he's happy to pinch him in here. And he's firing two very strong bullets here. Gary Moore, but I'm going to take a chance with with Botox has some of some of the younger legs in the field. Yeah, I think the reason you're seeing the likes of Miranda and Goshen and Botox has here is that you know the other yards uh, involved are just thinking we'll take on the old boys. Champ, Champ could do anything. Paisley Park will do what Paisley Park does, and may just find this a little bit hard going, I think, to come and pick them up. But the ratings are in the books. I'm a Goshen fan. Everyone knows that. And uh, I can't wait to see this horse run over three miles. Just don't know what he's going to do. So a a romantic selection for me would be Goshen. Botox has his very interest in stepping into into proper company. But at the end of the waning of these these two uh, superstars at the top, and Jamie Light's not so sleepy, that is wide open. Uh, good luck with anyone siding anywhere. We've gone three different ways, and ne- none of us have gone for Chamble Pixie Park. So I'll tell you what, the exacts of the trifecta would pay would pay pretty handsomely there if you if you permed those three up. So uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's worth sure. a go. <laughs> oh Jesus, if that happens, yeah, you want to also have the lottery numbers. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah that, that's a fascinating way to start. I think it's a cracking race. I- wouldn't want to nail my colours too firmly to anything, but taking a chance and it does seem to make sense. The 120 on that card, of course, is the Cato Star Novices Chase. Um, 
I'd be very, very strong here on McFabulous after what it did over Time Hill the last day. Um, I know the Skeletons are keen on Bally Griffin Cottage, and you've got Jolino Bello. Uh, Time Hill is in here as well. Jolino Bello, of course, for Paul Nichols. Um, possible Skeleton runs another one, but we might get a small field here, Paddy. But what did you make of McFabulous beating Time Hill last day? I thought it was almost too good to be true. I thought it was very good. Yeah, no, he looks like he's going to be far better doing this job. Uh, he was always a bit underwhelming, wasn't he? As mm. I heard a little bit of a, a talking horse, and I think we were, we were we were disappointed more often than not. Uh, but so far, I mean, apart from the blip on a Badger Beer Day when the track was very slippy, and fair play to Harry Cobden, he wisely pulled them up very early because I thought he was fantastic at Exeter. He went to go down and nail the last, and and Harry asked him up, and he put down, and he was really clever as a cat, really good, and he just jumped ahead off Time Hill didn't he, at Newbury the last day? Because Time Hill, for me, isn't doing an awful lot wrong. He's just gotten to the age he's been hurdling that long. I don't think Time Hill's a bad jumper. He's just got a fair bit of self-preservation, and he wants to get made to be, and he's spending too long in the air. And against these better ones, you just can't do that, and you can't be competitive. So I can see why, why Hobbsy is... is happy to continue running him because he's going to pick up some prize money because the of the engine he's got but just his technique he gets him a to be just a good bit slower than some mm. of these other horses so it's it's difficult for him and you know mcfabulous looked to be uh, using two two gears less than time hill at newbury and now that was very good i mean you've got to be wary though of this bally griffin cottage because he's got the point in experience and one thing that he did do was jump at Haydock and he kicked a very good yardstick in Beauport out of the way of Haydock the last day, but he jumped like a bunny. Uh, he really did. And I think Paul Nichols will be looking over his shoulder here because obviously no one knows Dan Skelton better than Paul Nichols. And mm. I'd say he's got a fair idea that Dan Skelton is, is, is chucking a good one at this here. Yeah, I get that impression too. Um, <clears throat> he's also got, you know, Giulino Bello with Bryony booked up and he's got Cobden on McFabulous and they're both going to go against this skeleton runner. If we discount Time Hill, maybe we shouldn't, but I think, Paddy, you make good comments about that. Um, Jamie, they're already talking about McFabulous being a, a King George horse for next year and that's a natural progression. Um, the eight-year-old's late enough to the chasing game. You have to like what it's done so far. Yeah, definitely. I, I, was, I was at Newbury when... He um, really brushed aside Time Hill and and in seeing him in the flesh there, he he just makes a totally different shape than Time Hill over a fence, and mm. and it's a much more pleasing one. And uh, I, I mean, yeah, I said all that. I'm honestly almost tempted to back Time Time Hill again here just because of the price wow. differential. Yeah, just you know, Time Hill sort of around six to one. McFabulous is sort of near enough even money, and yep. you know, on ability over three miles round Kempton, you'd say Time Hill. We'd have McFabulous covered, but obviously his jumping, as Paddy touched on, has been much more about getting A to B in self-preservation rather than doing anything particularly devastating. But I never, you never know. Kempton's the sort of place where you either get into a rhythm or you don't. And I can see potentially if he does get into a better rhythm, uh, outrunning the six to one. But um, yeah, I wouldn't have a strong view in this. Valley Griffin Cottage feels a bit sham bluey, doesn't he? 
Um, yeah, it's a horse I like, so be careful. Yeah, it's a horse that I've been <laughs> against quite a bit. So, yeah, and I, I, I'm you know small against Bally Griffin Cottage. So there you go. I was against Chamblou when he when he won this a couple of years ago. So, there yeah. you go. That, that's a sign. All in Bally Griffin Cottage. <laughs> yeah what we are going to see is is some marvelous novice chases going against each other this will be the time i desert time hill and i don't think i have throughout his career and it's cost me plenty of money unfortunately at this point i always think that trip to toy in november of i think it was 21 um was a terrible move and then came back and just got chinned by champ then got chinned by Florent porter and then he just likes being chinned now um yeah Ah, if it goes and wins that, I'll be upset. You won't be, though, Jamie. Fair play. Yeah, it's, and, funny, uh, it's funny you said that. It's literally the first time I think I've ever been with Time Hill. Um, oh, my God. That's what happens, though, isn't it? Like yeah. It's been my horse all the way through, and suddenly you see value, whereas I've jumped off the train. So, yeah, fair enough. Um, that's a that's an cr- absolute cracking race. I think McFabulous is one of the, the, my stronger fancies of the uh, of the Christmas period. Of course, the price dictates that it's not going to be one of my biggest bets because of the price. But still, McFabulous would be for me. Valley Griffin Cottage, given the uh, uh, the heads up there from Paddy, of course, and he makes very good points about Time Hill. But Jamie's going to keep the faith, or actually start the faith, because <laughs> it's not been kept. Um, all right, let's move on to the 155, which is the Christmas hurdle. Um, Dermo put a lovely note in uh, in the agenda here for me to make this very simple and um, how far does constitution hill win the christmas hurdle by jamie i mean is there any reason to think it won't be a repeat of the fighting fifth i think it looks pretty similar yeah i can't see anything to say it wouldn't i think epitome will probably say probably strip a bit fitter but i mean i don't know i don't really have anything to add other than i can't wait to see him out again i'm really excited uh yeah he wins <laughs> As we should be, I think, as we should be. If that performance at Newcastle was anything to go by, um, yeah, we're set for a few fireworks here, Paddy. Um, any chance Epitome gets closer? Or is there any chance I like to move at the Great Wood winner or Napa's here losing Rude Health or So Royale, who's always the metronome to set your clocks by in these kind of races? Um, get anywhere near? I think the only thing you can do here is just look for other angles, isn't it? Like distances or what, yeah. what's going to finish second. Because realistically, that's all you can do because... I've seen a lot worse one to five pokes than Constitution Hill. Maybe, I mean, I like to move it. He is an improving horse. He's only five. I know the Greatwood was a strange old race, but he's very likable. And, you know, he absolutely bolted up with top weight. But I would possibly take Napper's Hill maybe to finish second here because Nichols has had a real old twinkle in his eye about this horse this year that he's really got him in a good place. And if his price was going to hold up to what it is now, I'd be happy to to take a little bit of that about him finishing second to the Fav here. Yep, double figures on a, well, basically you're looking for a fifth win in succession if you go back to April of last year. And did put Sco Royale, who I called the metronome just before in his place, at Wincanton, being given a break till now. Um, I mean, they're all running for second probably because we've got the anointed one at the top of the market. You said you've seen worse one to five shots. Um, I just hope we see fireworks there because Constitution Hill does look very special. And then with what happened with Honeysuckle, of course, um, in the Hatton's Grace, um, doesn't look to be any rivals. Good luck to the Buckleys and, uh, and Nico de Boinville, Nicky Henderson. Hopefully they get that done. I do have a little bit of a, a tear in my eye for Epitomp because she's going to keep running into this thing until they decide to go elsewhere. All right, let's move on then to the King George, of course, the biggest race of the Christmas period, you could argue. And uh, quite rightly so, it's got one of the greatest histories in the horse racing spheres. That's at 2.30, over three miles at Kempton on the 26th. 
uh, brave man's game paddy this race is made for this horse isn't it absolutely absolutely Th- yeah. this is his bag all day long you would imagine wouldn't you he's extremely easy on the eye i've never seen a horse so graceful on his feet to jump for a big lad he really yeah is. perfect for here because so light on those feet isn't he even for a big horse oh he's perfect and the thing is dino when you watch this horse when he is wrong like he doesn't make a big deal about backing off a fence and sorting his feet out you know he's, uh, he's just he's rapid quick and you know uses no energy wastes no time he is just the perfect example of how a horse should jump an obstacle um so but Lompresse, you've always got to remember that this is a hard horse to gauge because if he can win at the festival and Charlie Deutsch had to give him one tap up the run in because he was staring up into yeah. the, he was staring up into the stands so mm. you know he's got awful amount of ability and he gave an improving horse two stone at Newcastle the last day and similar comment applies Charlie just nursed him up the run in it was just a case of keeping his head in front and uh, I just thought it was it was a great energy saving ride as far as just with, with, with further races in mind further on in the season with Long Pressy. He is a hard one to gauge because he's nothing flash, but God, there's a massive engine in there for sure. And he, so you, you just cannot put a line through Long Press and I'm sure people won't be. But Brave Man's game, the way he operates on his feet, he is going to have these under the pump. So jumping is going to have to be very crucial to his rivals here but i'm not gonna look past him um but i'm looking forward to watching it because we have got some solid horses in there maybe oh yeah maybe one to hit the frame at a price because he deserves his day in the sun he probably won't get it on monday but eldorado allen he's a very very capable horse maybe just comes up short right at the top end but he could hit the frame at a bit of a price but well, brave man's game for me yeah, fair play. Um, I think Brave Man's game will win, but I can't wait for this race. The idea that Long Presser take it on, Hitman's in there, of course, the second string. Um, well, certainly the second string for, for Paul Nichols. Envoy Allen is, of course, um, back in action and, and back in the groove as well. And then you've got Froden, everyone's favourite. Royal Pagai is going to probably get a run out here. And, um, you know, there'll be eyes on, on other time. I'm not sure this is the race for Royal Pagai, but Ahoy Senor, who obviously has Brave Man's Games number a couple of times. And uh, and then you've got the outside of Miller's Bank. Jamie, it's, it's going to be a very good King George. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I'd, I'd probably be with with the pair of you as well with Brave Man's Game. Um, I, there isn't a great deal to choose between him and Long Press. And the one thing that slightly puts me off Long Press is just every now and again, he can jump a bit left. And mm. that combined with the sort of this, the added lick of speed, you kind of need to win a King George. I wonder whether he might just get caught out uh, by a sort of a bit of a sharper brave man's game where you might have a bit more time and a bit more distance to recover from that sort of thing round, round sort of left-handed galloping big track like Cheltenham uh, over a bit further. Whereas here might not quite have the same forgiving nature. So brave man's game for me would be, more likely to be that sort of pinpoint accurate uh, minimum of first, get the job done. And for me, he's my likeliest winner. Um, but I, I and the I, I'm trying really hard to not like Royal Pagai at 16 to one. But every, okay. But every time I think, oh, well, he needs it deep. He needs it hop deep. You know, he needs a proper staying trip. I think about him winning at the handicap at Kempton 
when was that? Was that a couple of years ago? Um, admittedly, that was off a mark of, I think, 140-ish. But he absolutely gagged up. And, you know, even, even though it's a handicap, even though he was 20 pounds well in, whatever, um, yep. that that the ease with which he, he won that day still sticks uh, sticks with me around course and distance. So um, maybe a little a little uh, saver and roll for Guy, or maybe, maybe more, more likely Brave Man's Game, a banker in the in the sort of tricast uh, trifectas rather, and then with sort of roll for guy, a hoist and your elder Allen Allen uh, to complete the the t- and sorry and long press to complete the two three. Yeah, I think you need the rest of the field to find. <laughs> it's tricky. Like like neither of you have really lent into Enfoy Allen. Um, I actually thought the run beating Kenboy at Down Royal was was very good. And this is a horse that does frighten me. As a brave man's game supporter here. Uh, this is a horse that does frighten me that if everything does come together and it looks like it possibly could um, now, um, I still think this is probably a gold cup horse. I'm a little bit scared of Wembrough Island, to be honest, but I'm not worried about Long Press. I don't think they had to handle Brave Man's game around here, but Envoy Island could do anything. Um, yeah. What a race we have in store. If, this is the final question actually to the pair of you now, because if Brave Man's game wins this, he does go for the gold cup, Jamie, doesn't he? He has to. Yeah, I think I think so. I I, I think it's um, pe- people conflate horses so often, don't they? And for, because Brave Man's Game is sort of similar connections to Sylvania Conti to um, Clanders Oboe, they assume that they're sort of the same sort of horse. But when when he won that handicap as a novice last season, like that was a proper yep. weight carrying Gold Cup type performance. And no, I I I think you've got to go for the Gold Cup. Um, you know, assume he likes Cheltenham until he doesn't. You know, he ran he ran very yeah. well in the Ballymore. I think absolutely, if he wins the if he wins the the King George, go for Cheltenham, and he'll probably be underestimated. Yeah, well, I mean, he's twenty five to one for the Gold Cup now, Paddy. If you fancy a win this, that's a big price. Yeah, it surely is. Um, and you know, you've got to look at it. What else would Nichols have realistically to run it that would have such a strong chance as what he would? So yeah, no, I'd, I'd uh, definitely think that that would be the plan if he was to manage to get the job done here. Well, Stephen Cass, if he was on this podcast, would say he just backed Brave Man's game to win this. He'd accept shorter prices, knowing that he's going to go there. Um, I'm the opposite of that, and I've already backed him at twenty-five to one to run at the Gold Cup. So um, yeah, yeah the, the only thing goes well. The only thing I would say, Dino, is I honestly think that he is one of them horses that fits into the category where. The the first part of a season is maybe his strongest. Fine, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. Yeah, and we didn't get to see him. You know, he was pulled out on the day of um of the RSA or Brown Advisory or whatever it was called last year. Of course, pulled out on the day because of the weather changed. But he would have won, run, and he would have gone off a favourite for that. So we're just we're kind of missing a little bit of evidence around him. Um, and then when he went to Aindry, um faulted there before and didn't happen for him as well beaten on the day but he's obviously bounced back so yeah there is that question mark but I don't think the price is too big um, looking forward to March but what a King George we're going to get I mean Kempton those four races went through at Kempton there, um, all fascinating fascinating races um, and bar Constitution Hill uh, it's, it's, it is pretty much take your pick on what you fancy and you'll probably get a bit of value out there as well of course with the value at the tote on Kempton Day and all the action going on there now over at Leopardstown of course and it does come at you from all different angles we've got the Knight Frank Juvenile Hurdle and of course the Grade 1 Novice Chase um, which is the Racing Post Novice Chase there of course uh, Lossie Mouth who was super impressive uh, when we 
when we first seen her now, of course, over on this terrain, uh, would likely go off odds on for the night French juvenile paddy. And it's going to be tough to beat. But you know, for a fact, there's some fascinating horse flesh in here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, honestly, Dino, this is a complete banger. Uh, pr- probably could be, could be the race of the Christmas period, honestly. Uh, if obviously depending on final decks, but on what we're looking at so far, um, yeah, we don't have to say much about Lossiemut and and he's priced up accordingly. Went round the houses the other day and just kept things simple and hit the line very very hard. But when I had to look through this, I thought there was definitely some interesting ones. I mean, Willie again here is introducing another French recruit in this mare, Gala Marceau for yep. um, Kenny Alexander. She's already had three runs as a two-year-old where she didn't manage to win. But both them runs over hurdles, her second run, she won a mare's listed hurdle race by 11 lengths. And yep. we've not seen her since. And, you know, the, this is just typical Willie, you know, deep, pretty deep into the season. And, you know, he's just pulling the covers off some of these French recruits that he gets. So, honestly, she could be absolutely anything um, getting the, the allowance as well. And I liked Nuzret. I thought he was all about, he, he really does stay this trip very, very strong. He looked beat for a few strides on hurling debut, but he came home very nicely. I did like the way that he went through the line. And also Blood Destiny, you know, because when he comments after, he said that this horse's work before that cork race in the mornings was pretty ordinary. And, you know, so I, I think they were going there waiting to see how he'd run rather than expecting. And I just liked the way he did it. A good technique. And another one that ran through the line very, very nicely. And, you know, he could be a little bit of value in there around about sevens. And obviously Cougar. I mean, honestly, this is, as I've said, absolute banger of a race. But I'd like to see Blood Destiny get involved there um, and, and at least be in the mix. But you'd imagine the Fav is going to take a bit of turning over there, but extremely deep race. Yeah, and how much other ammunition will, will Willie Mullins throw at his own odds-on favourite there, Jamie? Good luck trying to work this one out. It's a fascinating race for the future, though. Yeah, completely. And, um, I mean, Paddy summed up. You go through every single one of those runners outside of the favourite, and they're all, you know, still very much could be anything. Um, Nazareth is a horse that I've I've loved. I've actually mentioned him on here before um you yeah. meant to run it at, at donny when uh on in that um listed juvenile that got that got cancelled but um for me he'd be the one i'd be siding with here but i think the reality is i'd probably from a betting point of view just lay lossy mouth at, at five at five to four about four to five got plenty running with you haven't you if you do that well that's fair. kind of it and it's not that it's not even that i think lossy mouth is a is a bad favorite like i think it's absolutely right uh, that she should be at the front of the market, but um, I just like you say, there's just so it's so deep against her, and there's so little form to go on that we just don't mm. know what any of these could be yet. So yeah, I, I'd probably be against her at a short price at the front of the market. Maybe perm up Cougar, Nazareth, Galamasso, Blood Destiny, them in a sort of exacter perm. Maybe try and get her out outside of the front two, maybe third, and then uh, that would, that would pay pretty decent. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to inform that triumph market quite spectacularly, isn't it? Um, oh yeah. Maybe maybe Gal- is, Gal- 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 Marceau is interesting at twenties for the triumphs. But yeah, 
absolutely. Um, I mean, you've got Porig Rocha and obviously Kuga looks looks a bit of a superstar already um, and from what we've seen. And then you've got Joseph, of course, with Nusrat. He could also run another one in comfort zone. I think he's got another one in there as well, common practice. And William Mullins can run any of, any of six or seven. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lossy Mouth obviously rightly sets the standard there, but what are we seeing in behind? We will find out. Uh, when we look at the, um, there's a bit more to go on, of course, with the Racing Post uh, Novice Chase, the grade one that follows that on the card at 220. Uh, Phil Dor is just one of Gordon Elliott's absolute battalion of novice chasers this year. He's got Hollow Games in the race as well. Um, Mighty Potter has entered, but I'm not sure it'll go there. Maybe. Um, maybe, but then you know, you might see Dice Up Dynamo over fences. Sant is in there for Willie Mullins. Uh, Jamie, this is going to be one of the races of the Christmas period for sure. Yeah, unbelievable. Obviously, we're still slightly we're waiting for Dax, which I think uh, tomorrow morning, which is a slight shame because it'd be interesting to see what goes mm. here confirmed. But um, it's slightly heart overhead. I was blown away by Hollow Games the other day um, because I've got a, a tiny two and a half percent share in Colonel Mustard, um, right? And uh, we we were a bit stuffy that day, and I know I know we knew we'd come on for the run, but um, Hollow Games was absolutely mighty, um, kicked everything out of the way, and um, you know only six year old looks the type to continue to progress over fences. This is the biggest uh, the biggest challenge that he's faced so far, so we'll find mm. a lot out. But uh, if you look at him versus Field Door, I'd say. Uh, Hollow Games probably it, his time is more likely to be now versus Field Door, who's only a four-year-old. So, um, as the second favourite around three to one mark, I think Hollow Games would be the one for me. But wide, wide open, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be an absolute corker of a race. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think, what, nine are standing there ground the decks. Plenty of them have got the double entries, of course. But I think whatever turns up, Paddy, we're in for a treat. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hollow, Hollow Games, it was just hard not to be impressed with the way he went through that race at Navin on his return. He looks like a horse who has really done so well over the summer because, I mean, he probably fell between the cracks a little bit last year because after he won his first couple of runs back, I mean, you look through his form, he wasn't winning, but he held his form all season. Mm. He, he was he was well off the nice guy when he finished fifth at Punchestown. But apart from that, third behind Banbridge at Cheltenham, third behind Manila Cocooner at the Dublin Racing Festival, and he was only beaten four, just over four lengths by Jinto in the in the Lawler. So, you know, he was he was holding his form very very nicely. But obviously, jumping fences, he looks absolutely made for it. But Jack Kennedy looked like he had an awful lot of horse the whole way, and I think the horse in second is a fair bit of kid as well, and. You know, you had him four lengths behind. And, you know, Navin is a big ask on debut over fences and he looked really good on his feet, hollow games. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle to be against him. And I wonder what Dysart Dynamo would be like over a fence now. I wonder, is he, is he we've seen that... Um, the head case over anything, I reckon. Yeah, I've not heard any sort of rumours about how he was doing or, or how he was, no. he was going at all. But, you know, we've seen Willie's... Um, nice horse. Didn't... Not not going to pitch him there though, is he? In a Grade One first time up, I think more likely they take a beginners chase entry. I'm just having a look now. I think they've got one mm-hmm. at Leopardstown the day after, which is maybe where they'll go. Yeah, no, it could be could be a good show. I'd say they would like to keep the revs as low as possible on him because he would be probably white knuckle stuff over a fence first time of asking, wouldn't he? 
Yeah, <laughs> I'd say Paul would want to have a go, um, but he probably he probably jump on Sampoir here. You'd imagine this is the this is the main pick. Of course, a few of them could pitch up um, in the two forty at Limerick on the same day. Of course, which is um, just over a couple of furlongs further in the Forheen novice chase. You've got Jerry Colon there's likely to be an odds on shot though, depending on what does turn up. You could see Kilcrut and um, Mighty Potter's in there. Of course, hard to work out who's going to go where. But um, Jerry Colum is a very exciting horse. Paddy. Oh, he was big time. Um, I think he maybe didn't get the credit he deserved last year when he was over hurdles, Dino. But, you know, the thing is, he kept winning. Um, but it was... Just because he missed the festivals, I think people went a bit quiet and after that because they had to pull up stumps a little bit early. But he's come back and done his job at Fairy House, and now this looks like the the option for Gordon Elliott, where he tries to split all of his big guns. Yeah, no, I think I think you're bang on, and you know, obviously he had the experience of jumping a fence, having having won his point on debut. But the fact of the matter is now he's still unbeaten point bumpers, yeah. hurdles, and over fences, and you know, I just was reading into the the interview with Jack Kennedy after and you know Jack's pretty pretty steady isn't he but you could tell he got a good kick out riding this fella at Fairy House and I know the form has been let down by one of the placed horses but nonetheless that's not his fault he could only win on the day and yeah he looks extremely exciting yep could be a Gordon Elliott um, yeah, quick fire double there across Limerick and Leperstown, Jamie, if Jerry Colomb lines up there and takes that and Hollow Games goes and does the business at Leperstown. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although, I, that said, I'd be interested if anything from the Drinmore turned up in the um, yeah. in, in the in the Faheen Novice Chase because um, I think that was a very good Drinmore. I, I mean, I'm a big Monty, Monty Potter fan and uh, yeah. I think Gaia Dominial is a horse that could continue to improve as well over fences. So, um, it'd be either of those two turned up i'd probably be with them against jerry colomb just at prices um because you know that's that's grade one form uh it was a good field you know the the, the form stacks up and those two were well clear of bambridge and third so um they yeah. would be my idea against jerry colomb but um yeah i totally understand why he's at the front of the market especially as an intended intended runner in these markets which is so anti-post at the moment so i think that's what that's what we're looking at isn't it because if you knew guy de menil was going there which is a novice which isn't a novice like quite yeah. clearly even at six years old gone and done it in some really terrific company and of course running into mighty potter in that Drimmore and still running such a big race if either of them would turn up i think jerry colomb's price would change um significantly for the worse but like they're just fascinating races. The, the the argument is that obviously Gordon has so many he can run in each race, and Willie does too. Um, it's almost like you know when you get Ryder Cups time, it's time to pick your singles, and you, you're just hoping that you put the right ones in the right races on the right day. Um, but yeah, I don't envy them. But what a fascinating um, couple of races we're going to get there. It's going to set the tone, of course, for the spring festivals, and the betting markets are going to get some serious, serious shakeups. Um, there was one other race I wanted to throw into the mix um, from the 26th, and uh, you mentioned this horse before, Jamie. Shan Blue's going to go off pretty short price favour, I reckon, for the role in Merrick. <laughs> yeah, and and have, having said that uh, that I'm against him, I actually do really like him here. He's, he's ah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. So, like I said, now it's time to play Slayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, he's one four eight at Weatherby, which is where you would imagine it is. They've been targeting a return. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, I think he'd be, he'd be mighty hard to beat. Well, even if the weights change, because quite possibly his weight might go up a little bit if, say, uh, Hoy Senor takes another engagement, which it will, I would imagine. But, um, yeah, no, definitely. But that's still, I mean, 148 looks an absolute gift for him. Um, he's never he's he's obviously struggled with his injuries and and getting him right has been has been tricky enough but he's always looked great well he is a great one winner um and so one four eight for for a corso novices chase winner around weatherby over three miles should be should be no bother and frankly it'd be it'd be a bit of a surprise if he got beat for me um yep so yeah yeah simple as exactly chambly wins (laughs) chambly wins paddy's a certainty isn't it in that role in america weatherby (laughs) Yeah, and interesting that Dan Skelton has booked Sean Quinlan, you know, very yeah. experienced rider around there. And yeah, it looks like he is going to be carrying probably maybe about 11.4 or something like that. Yeah, go up a bit for sure. You know, yeah. but you would think that Dan Skelton thinks he wants to catch this fella fresh. So he's going to have him fit and ready to go where he's, you know, you're second in, had a hard race at Newbury, into overdrive. Although he's been in tremendous form, he's been a busy boy. I think the Venetia horse just if he squeezes in at the bottom there, Fontaine Killons is going to have yeah round about ten and a half stone. He could certainly look like a danger. He made a a winning return, but yeah, it looks like a proper plan job here with Shamblu, and and we we know that that's the sort of that's the sort of thing that Dan Skelton loves. Yeah, price is contracting all the time. Spotted it during the week that that's where we we're going to go. I thought they might go for the Ascot Silver Chase, but obviously that race was off. Um. But they had it entered up there, so it's obviously ready to rock and roll. So whilst all those other puzzles that we talked about in the 26th look tricky to solve, um, that looks like a point-and-shoot job for Sham Blue. Hopefully, Sean Quinlan won't have watched Harry Skelton go 50 lengths clear on this horse in the past and not win. Um, so <laughs> don't have to be that far ahead, uh, Sean. I'm looking forward to that. It's one of the, one of the races I'm definitely looking forward to. Let's... You, can be, you can be that far ahead, just as long as it's at the line, Sean. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, no handicap marks to worry about after they get this job done. So I tell you, they'll be, they'll be back into the into the big game. All right, let's skip then. That was the, that was the twenty sixth and a fascinating day uh, in store, of course, as it always is. When we get into um, the twenty seventh, Leopardstown, a lot of eyes will be on the returning ten year old Shaquan Porsois and the Paddy Rewards Club Chase, which is a great one at one ten. Uh, looks like it'll take on a couple of Willie Mullins um, horses and gentlemen, Denis and Blue Lord. Captain Guinness, who is always there and thereabouts in these races, probably not quite grade one. I might be doing it a disservice. Um, what do we like in this, Jamie? Um, I mean, probably Chacon Poursois, but almost by default. Um, mm. You know, I, I would have been keen to take him on with, with plenty. Um, th- this would have been, you'd imagine, the natural home for Fernie Hollow had he not um, picked up an injury. But um, yeah, because they, they said they were going to step Shaquan uh, Poursois up in trip this season um, yeah. and try and look for some of those sort of softer races. So it's so interesting that they sidestep the um, the John Durkin to come here. It makes sense. It's a soft, it's much softer race than the John Durkin, especially after what Gallop and Deschamps did. So yeah. I, I get it. Gentleman to me would be interesting if he hadn't been quite so disappointing um, at Sandown. He might be. He might be worth another chance. He still has excellent form with Edward Stone. He still is a horse that uh, has its high potential. And if he comes back to himself, maybe he's a big prize at double figures. But it's it's hard to take on Shaq and Porsche. He just has so much in hand on all of these. Who are realistically, until proven otherwise, they're all Grade Two horses at best. He is a bona fide yep. Grade One champion. 
and he's probably the likeliest winner. Um, but like I say, almost by default. Um, I would love to see him come back to himself though. He's, he is a magnificent horse when he's in full flow. So oh, yeah. um, that, that would be an exciting thing in, in itself anyway. It would, yeah. I wouldn't begrudge him winning this race, but I yeah. definitely would want to take him on. He can, he can, he can throw in the stinker sometimes, and he's never got past any kind of Cheltenham hoodoo, which means he can't be considered as one of the one of the great greats. But he's like a marker one seven two, Paddy one seven two, Chacon Poursoir. Yeah, I think as long as he doesn't cross the the Irish Sea, he's he's, he's an absolute machine, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, he's a B4 salmon type. You know, that's that, that's the only pity with with, with Shackon. But yeah, on, on home soil. He really is very solid, and but he's another one, isn't he? Turns eleven just a few days later. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, these horses for their age are pretty low mileage. I think it's it's fair to say. But I was probably with Blue Lord here, to be honest, Dino. Okay. Um, I know. Look, he only scraped home, didn't he, on his return? But that day, I thought he did enough to get himself beat, but he still managed to win. Um, mm. I think the revs will be a good bit lower on him here. He won't have as much gas. In his tank, and you know, he's only been beaten once over fences, Blue Lord. And even when he was beaten, didn't run badly at all. So I think he's pretty solid. He'll be far better for that return effort. So I think I'd be be happy to take the second in here, Blue Lord. Yeah, I mean, shades of odds against around for Chacon Poursois, and if the uh, if the old favourites come out and start getting involved, that'll that'll go favourite. But Blue Lord, fifteen to eight ish, fifteen to eight, something like that. Um, might represent a little bit of value if you're going to take him on. I, I'm a very big romantic, of course. A horse I've always loved is Course of Lines. Obviously better at home than he is on the track, but I thought he was running a massive race uh, in the Gentleman to Me and Jeremy's Flame uh, race at Nace. And uh, yeah, at double figures, if I can get three places or maybe a place bet on uh, the tote, I might have a go at Course of Lines. But um, yeah, you wouldn't begrudge Chakan Poursois there. And Willie would probably take him on with a couple of his other good ones. So all guns um, aimed at that. Rewards Club Chase, of course, the grade one at Leopardstown at 110. Also on that card, though, is the future champions novices. And after Facil Vega romped up in um, Maiden at Fairy House, doing exactly what you'd like to see, Paddy, um, will now go for a grade one and uh, is going to be very hard to beat, re- regardless of what you think of, the, say, the Royal Bond form and Irish Point and, and whoever else may turn up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Irish Point is a fair horse. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, you know, he just was unlucky to bump into what looks to be a very good one the last day because, you know, obviously the winner missed the last that day and he still managed to re-rally and get back up and grab him on the line. So he must be very good for sure. I mean, Vassal mm. Vega, he's a, it's a no-win it, it, no situation for him because when we see these horses getting sent off at these odds, we're, all we're going to do is criticise them if they don't win doing somersaults. So... Yeah. I, I know the, there was plenty of argument that the time wasn't great on debut, but let's look at it realistically. Paul Townend, he wants to get from A to B. If you can get a freebie in front and go as steady as you can on bad winter ground, that's what you're going to do. So the clock yeah. isn't going to look all that impressive. So look, I mean, we've heard quotes that, that this is the best he's ever had. And I mean, from what I've seen, yeah, you you you're not you can't be jumping up and down about what you seen the other day. But what are we expecting? You know, on his first go, he's still unbeaten. That Cheltenham form uh, from the bumper is probably the most solid form as regards uh, how it's stacking up. It's it, yep. it's impossible to see past this chap. But that's why you're not getting 
much of a price about him. One to four. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's not a betting interest, uh, Jamie. But this thing, you know, couldn't be bred any better. Walk in the park with Vega, Facil Vega. Yeah, it's simple as. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we we all want superstars. That's why we're all here. You know, it, we have one. We, yeah. As as much as uh, as much as we loved trying to find the betting angles, um, she uh, he he rather um, yeah. could be could be exactly that. That said. I think I actually probably will have a small bet on the Irish point here. Um, okay. He was he was mighty impressive in the uh, in the Royal Bond because I'm a, I'm a mess, I'm with Paddy I'm a massive Marin National fan. I think um, he could be an absolute superstar as well. So uh, that was very very impressive to run him as close as he did. And yeah, I don't know. You know, Grade One form versus a, a horse um, stepping up uh, from winning a maiden hurdle. Yeah. Five to one versus fours on. I'll give. I'll give that a go. Why not? I, I totally understand that. I mean, Facil Vega didn't see another horse in the main hurdle, obviously, because just went out in front and jumped at its own uh, speed. Now you know it can go quicker and do it under a bit more pressure for sure. But it's going to actually happen here, straight in the Grade One company. And yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be backing it at that price. But yeah, yeah. that's where it is. Um, Irish Point, of course, uh, from that Royal Bond form. Uh, with Marine National, uh, it's going to give it a stand test. But there's, you know, it's an unbeaten intranet in there. Ilete uh, Tomps is in there. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how many are brave enough to take them on. Uh, you can guarantee that one will go, though. Uh, it is Welsh National Day, of course, at Shepstow. Uh, three miles, six and a half furlongs, one of the best marathon punting efforts um, you'll find over Christmas, of course. And um, I've got to give a mention that Dermot Nolan is obviously not here. But Pat's fancies told us would win this race um, for months and months in advance, probably two years in advance, Paddy, at this stage, isn't it? He told us that Pat's fancy would win this. He sure did. Um, yeah. But, I mean, look, he's a hard one to gauge. More so, Pat's fancy is a hard one to gauge. The, Rebe- <laughs> the Rebecca Curtis stable is a hard one to gauge. Yeah. It really is. I mean, the I've got that yard and one or two others that I just try and steer clear of because... I just really, really cannot get a handle on them. But I would love to see Pat's Fatsy get involved for the very loyal Dermot Nolan. Obviously, he's had the run back um, and to see where that puts him fitness-wise. But I think this year's renewal is very good. I mean, obviously, this is a grueler of a race, isn't it? So I think past renewals, you tend to get much older, much more exposed horses because it really can leave a mark on a horse and although seven is the youngest we've got in the lineup here it's it's we've got plenty of seven-year-olds so I, I think it's a cracking renewal quick wave i think the handicapper could have been even more severe on venetia's horse after the style that it managed to get the job done at sandown last time um so it, it was impossible not to be impressed and deserves to be favored at the top there, but it, it was the second in here that I liked, Dino, the Galloping Bear. I've been quite fond of this horse because he's taken a little bit of a different route, really. I mean, he was one who was prolific in English point-to-points, the Galloping Bear, because that's Ben Clark's gig. He's a big pointing man over this side yeah. of the water. And and this was a horse, he, he's a real latecomer to the track under rules. But I was sad to hear that they lost that race because of... um. Uh, a, a substance issue at, at Haydock where he beat Bristol Demai but this chap's his stamina is just bottomless the galloping bear and I thought under top weight that return run was a very very solid run at Carlisle should just tighten him up bang on 
for this. I've seen Ben Clark, the yard have been doing pretty well the last few weeks. They had another one run well at Foss last today. So, yeah, look, the yard are in good nick. This is a horse who stays, got regular rider on board, Ben Jones. Lovely racing weight, 11 stone one. Albeit, you don't want to see him get much shorter because I think this is a pretty good renewal. Yeah, absolutely. Around kind of seven, eight to one, maybe you might get for the galloping bear, Ben Clark and Ben Jones. Um, yeah, it does seem to fit all of the pointers you'd want for the horse. But as you say, Paddy, this is quite a hot renewal with some young guns having a crack at it. Of course, the big dog was good for Peter Fire. They decided to come here as well. Um, they'll take the penalty and go off near the top. Jamie, a, a great race to try and solve. I'm sure you've had a go. Yeah, I, I love Quick Wave. I mean, his, uh, his win in the, in, the, in the London National was so impressive, obviously. Um, you know, yep. He's gone up to 149, I think. So race of five pounds lower here with the, with the penalty. Um, and rightly at the front of the market. I think the, uh, the second horse there, Plan Paradise, um, for Neil Mulholland, is a very well-handicapped horse of 119 over, over staying trips. Um, I think he actually goes at market raising on Boxing Day, so keep an eye out for him um, yep. in, the Lincolnshire, in the Lincolnshire National. So there you go. There's a tip for the Lincolnshire National whilst talking about the, the Welsh Nike. National. But, um, yeah, quick way for me. At the front of the market makes absolute sense, and um, I'm definitely not keen to take him on. However, I, I will also have a have a small interest in Fortescue uh, for Henry Daly, and um, I think this is the plan. Uh, hopefully, he turns up. He, he's he's the boat to end all boats. Um, he he really really is, and he's one four five at the moment. So he could do with maybe you know he probably just sneaks into the national, but they they'd love to pick up a big race and then head to the national. So um, I think, you know, a slog round Chepstow wouldn't be beyond him and yep. very much one to keep an eye out for, especially with an eye on the national as well. Okay. Fortescue giving a shout there. And of course the, the fav, which does look well in as it currently is on the market of the, uh, on the weights with quick wave. I actually thought that the Tizards might have a good go at this. Obviously the race is in, memory of, of Kim um, Gingle this year and of the big breakaway who ran behind Fontaine Collange the last day if you watch that race back the horse um, was completely on and off um, kilt on off the bridle suddenly came back into it then went back a little bit then got back into it again I think this is a really well handicapped type who would have probably needed that plenty this would have been the target and the big breakaway of 148 um I know, I know it's an absolute slog and everything. I think everything is made for this horse to run a huge race for the Tizards. And at double figure prices, that's where I'll be going. I'd be delighted if Pat's fancy wins for, for Dermot Nolan and um, and he's not on the podcast. That'd be class. <laughs> we just reserve, just rewards for him. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the big breakaway. I think it's a cracking uh, price and one that you know they would have laid out to have a good go at this. And if they can get anything like some of his best bits of form uh, together and he gets a clear round, I'll be all over that. Brendan Powell, hopefully ride that and go off somewhere near the top of the weights. That love, is love, the Welsh. Love that shout. I think that's a really cool shout. <laughs> that race, if you watch that race back, you can't imagine he'd be anywhere near, I think he only lost by head, but you can't imagine he'd be anywhere near winning it. But the, the quality of the horse is in there. So, yeah, fingers crossed he, he comes through. And I think if you're looking for the class that can go beyond this, probably him at seven, maybe eight after the new year, of course. All right, let's... Um, 
Let's kick on from the Welsh National and move into... Oh, actually, that is Paddy Power Chase Day, lads. I don't think we can ignore that race, of course, at Leopardstown. Um, mostly because one of my main fancies of the uh, of the Christmas period is in there, and that's Frontal Assault. Paddy, we've talked about Frontal Assault before, of course. It's going to line up, hopefully, for Gordon Elliott in that Paddy Power Chase. The decks are not absolutely confirmed, of course. But I imagine he go off somewhere near the front end. And he ran behind the big dog, uh, Navin, in the Troy Town. Uh, he was a good winner at Galway. I think there's a bit more to come from this seven-year-old. Yeah, he was a real talking horse, wasn't he, front of himself, going into that oh, race. Yeah. And I mean, he was sent off bad. And to be fair, he didn't actually run too bad. That was a very, very competitive race. Uh, but it's the start of the race all went wrong for him, Paddy. You know, he kind of got blocked off, uh, I think, at the first and then at the third, maybe. And once he did get into the race, it was kind of all happening already. So Yeah. And I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too disappointed. That's it. If you, look, if you looked a bit a bit deeper into it, he probably hasn't done too bad. I know you like Martin Brazel's horse here, Panda's Boy, don't you? Mm, I, I do like the horse. I do. I just think front of the salt, anything that can beat that off 142 if he gets his race, he's priced. Yeah. I mean, Donkey Years is a real intriguing horse. <laughs> it's mad to think he's only an eight-year-old. He seems to have been around a fair while, but he's he certainly won't be missed in the market. And there's loads here you can give a chance to. I mean, it's a very, very... There's always a few cracking punts in this, Paddy. you just got to find them before it happens. I think the bookmakers are unscared of a couple, including that one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tricky. Tricky indeed. Jamie, any fancy for that Paddy Power Chase? Oh, jeez. It's about 12 that have been in the notebook for years. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, front, front of the soul, love, totally get that. Um, Velvet Elvis is currently 33 to 1 uh, after yeah. two pretty poor shows, one in the Troy Town latest. Um, it's it's easy enough for, to forgive one. It's difficult enough to forgive two. Uh, but I think I just might at thirty threes. And jeez, uh, who else? Early doors running off one four six, having won the Galway Plate of one three nine. He's yep. interesting. And uh, I mean, uh, to be fair, I could keep going forever. In, in, in this no, I way. understand that, and I, I think the market will tell us a lot. You know, it's often one of those Definitely. races that something gets. You know, something day is today and they, and they get it right it's what it always is a huge scrimmage of a race as well so you need plenty of luck in there even if you've got the right one oh, so, also, um, also also punitive who's also interested in the welsh national i prefer uh if if uh if he went welsh national if gordon went welsh national but um I, I, he, he was impressive in the portstown um the further they was. went as well yeah and beat a horse there in second in fakira who yeah clearly well treated for those kind of races so you can mark punitive up um, again for that be interested in what they do I see there's a little bit of a market move for it already maybe people anticipating that's where that horse will go but definitely want to keep on side uh, a fascinating race and one that you know we'll, we'll know on the day really uh, where we need to aim but geez I could probably back six in there but front of the salt will be one of those <laughs> that's a fact um, okay let's move on then um, to the 28th and we're into the Jack the Bromhead Christmas hurdle at Leopardstown um, now, I had a theory about this race, chaps, in that obviously Henry de Bromhead's looking likely going to run Bob Olinger here. Um, just kind of blew up, I thought, behind Home by the Lee. And if Home by the Lee wasn't in that race, this would already be favourite for the stairs hurdle. I think when it wins this race, as I expect it to uh, account for Florian Porter and Classical Dream, who ran, of course, so well in the Hatton's Grace. I don't think the rest of them will give Bob Olinger anything to think about. I think it'll win this and be favourite for the stairs hurdle, Jamie. That's my view. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think that's an absolute. Like I, I think he's currently seventy-two. That's a corking price uh, for so. all the reasons you've just mentioned. And then Yap goes on to be favourite and hopefully win the the stairs. I mean, we talked about the long walk at at Kempton and that you know sort of struggling to. It's a good race, but struggling to see what 
what could be the superstar there. No, I think Bob Olliger could go and dominate this division. And, I, and wouldn't it just be the most incredible thing um, if he if he won this race named after Jack? Um, exactly. Yeah. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm sure what everybody wants to see. And I don't think Bob Olliger should be cribbed for that run. Uh, at Nav and Paddy, I thought it was a very big run. It was. And probably the biggest factor was it was just an absolute tremendous bit of race riding by JJ Slevin because... That was yeah. he. He knew that he he'd already had a run. His horse had fitness on his side, uh, and just try and run the sting out of Bob Ollinger. And you know, at certain parts of that race up the straight, Bob Ollinger was going to win, but he did just gas laid on, and and but that was all down to bit of genius by JJ Slevin. Um, look, I mean, he has his knockers because there's no doubt when he comes off the bridle, that head carriage, or the way he carries himself, it just isn't that easy on the eye, mm. uh, but obviously the, the, there's a cracking engine in there, and he's definitely the hard horse that you want to win here, isn't it? Um, being the, the yeah. race being, being named as it is, but I would probably go with Classical Dream here. I know he did have a hard race the other day, but he was unlucky to come up against Tihupu on a real going day, um, but obviously we've seen he's got plenty of previous rounds here, hasn't he, Classical Dream? and probably yeah. where I would win because for me Bob Ollinger is just one of them horses a little bit like Kilcrut I've just never really warmed to him and, and that's a silly reason but um, yeah so probably slight preference for Classical Dream well I mean yeah that's fair that's totally fair and Classical Dream on, on a going day at this track in this kind of race it's going to be hard to beat I, I, Jamie you made a, a super point about the long walk on this it's like Championship versus Premier League and this race is going to really set the tone I think for what we can expect in the stairs. Obviously, Florian Porto needs to bounce back up even further behind home by the league in that race at Navan. And Classical Dream going back up and trip after running into Tiapu and, and Honeysuckle in the Hatton's Grace. I think Gordon even said that Tiapu would probably uh, be a stairs hurdle horse. So, another one for the Rob Court team. Um, I'm all in on Bob Ollinger. I hope they get it done for all the reasons that we've already discussed. And then I think you'll see a new market leader for the stairs hurdle, but it's got to go and happen. And it could happen, of course, uh, on the 28th at Leperstown in that 145, which is the Jack de Bromhead Christmas hurdle. Also on that card is the Savills chase. Um, we've got a mini gold cup on our hands here. Paddy, Aplutark, Conflated, Statler, Galvin, Kenboy, Minella, Indo, Envoy, Alan is not going to go, you'd imagine, uh, but it's going to be some race. Yeah, absolute cracker. I mean, I just love Statler, Dino. Yeah, me too. You know, I'm a big fan. Big fan. I really do love Statler. I mean, he could not have been any more impressive at the festival last year. He's just very, very classy. But for a horse that stays a proper trip, he's really good on his feet. But he's not a total boat. He can hold his posse, travel away. And for a seven-year-old, he hasn't got that many miles on the clock. And I know he's got a bit to find on the book with a few of these here, but... Yeah, I, I I would struggle to get away from from Statler. I love him. Yeah, I I mean, Dermot Nolan's come full circle. I was I was telling everyone last year that that was one of the best bets for the festival. And I'm not half time because, like I said, I it would be the one for the for the three mile six. And I think it's not getting the credit it deserves for that because that race kind of fell apart in terms of numbers as it has happened to do the last couple of years. And it's become a little bit of a, a, a sidestep at the Cheltenham Festival. But this is the chance, Jamie, for a horse like Statler to, to go into the into the proper ranks and get rid of some of those double figures that are around for a Gold Cup. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm in violent agreement, lads. Like, I, I I was actually against him in the in the National Chase. I thought he might be a bit too smooth travelling a horse. I thought he might be 
sort of pull his way to the front and then maybe not quite get home. But um, mm. geez, he stayed every inch of it, didn't he? And yeah. it was absolutely mighty. It doesn't matter what, you could have had 120 horses in behind him. It doesn't matter. He was so impressive. Um, the fact is, you know, you had Run Wild, Run Wild Fred in behind him. He's a, he's a very good benchmark, you know. Yeah, it, absolutely. That was a mighty performance. And yeah, for me, he's the one that all of these come in with question marks, with, except for him. Um, and yeah, he's my idea of the winner. Aplutar, I could see him bounce, bouncing back. Haydock's a funny place. It does funny things to, to good horses. Um, but yeah, Sattler for me. Sure. What I'd love to see for anyone who's on Statler already for a goal, because Aplutar does run um, the right kind of race and Statler's right in the mix. I don't think Statler necessarily needs to even be an on-form Aplutar to be in the Gold Cup picture, but to get involved with Aplutar this race in the Savills Chase would be something else. I mean, you've got Kenboy in there, of course. Um, I can't see anything stepping up from below that. Envoy Allen go elsewhere. Galvin um, would have gone our favourite for this, I think, last year, if I remember uh, correctly. Or was it? No, it was Aplutar, of course. Yeah, he, he, he won it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he beat Aplutar in this. So, yeah, I just what a race it's going to be. I think this is this is Statler's chance. You can forget the ratings because this is the first chance it gets to go and actually improve it. Um, but Aplutar bouncing back off already rated 180 probably one of the best Gold Cup winners you'll have seen as well the way that came home at, at Cheltenham and then Haydock like you say Jamie does funny things um, I think we're all aboard Statler I know Dermo would be too and it would be something we'd all like to see okay that moves us on from the 28th into the 29th we've got two more races to have a quick um, pick over here and they both come from Leperstown of course the Neville's Hotel um, novice chase which is probably Jamie where Gayard de Menil will go we think likely to be favourite for this Ah, is he? Right. Well, that, <laughs> there you go. That's me. That's me told. Perfect. Yeah, I love him. I think he uh, I think he is a novice chaser that, like you say, he's got a few yards, a few miles under the belt, um, but not in a tired, haggard old way and just uh, bumped into a few last season. So, yeah, he's he, he will do for me for sure. Yeah, I mean, he'd be my pick too. And like I said earlier on in the podcast, like he's, he's a novice that's not a novice. And he's currently six to four, I think, with most bookmakers for that race. Does look like that's the race they've picked. Uh, Brian Hayes gave it a great shout on his bookmakers.co.uk column where he's picked four over the Christmas period. One of those was Gayard de Menil. Paddy, would you be on board? Yeah, he's a real eye catcher, wasn't he? In behind Mighty Potter. Just loved the way he went through the race. You know, M- Mighty Potter is a real stout stare and yeah. just got a little bit tired on top of the line, didn't he? But he showed enough that day to think that this fella is definitely going to hold his place in these better ones. Yeah, fair enough. I'd agree. I think that's probably one of the more likely uh, of the (laughs) obvious chases you can say that the top of the market looks spot on. Um, There is the Matheson hurdle, of course, as well on that Thursday, the 29th. State man's likely to go off odds on. Um, A chance for that one to, uh, well, continue to put himself in the champion hurdle picture, even though that picture looks like it's a closed book. Jamie. Oh, sorry. Sorry, mi- mi- missed the bloody name there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this this is a bit disappointing of a race, isn't it? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll end up so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? Because I'm a sadist, I'm going to have a small bet on Saldier, um, who is a talented horse who, who just struggles to put two runs together. But yeah. he's he's a good horse, and, and on his day, he can put it up to any of these. Um, State man's still in race at 164. He's a two to five shot here. Saudi A's 33, mm. race at 158. Uh, arguably, he could be rated higher. Saudi A for me as a complete sort of win only flyer. 
yeah, simple price angle there based on ratings. Obviously, one is all about uh, improvement and what's going to come. And Saudi has been there and done it, but just doesn't do it when you expect. So you never know what you might get, Paddy. You never know what you might get in that race. No, but I mean, look, Stateman already, he's accumulated a mark of 164, hasn't he? And I mean, the thing about this horse is I think he's going to tighten up even more off the back of that return run. You know, he didn't jump as well as what we've seen in the past, and he still managed to get the job done. And, I mean, Sharjah, he's a proper standing dish, but, you know, he's nearly twice the age of state man. So he's like the new kid on the block here now, isn't he? And, I mean, there's even been plenty of chat that if if him and Constitution Hill were to eyeball each other now, that he's probably be the best one to give him something to think about. So that tells Potentially you, so, yeah. You know, it, it, it tells you the sort of regard he's held in and yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna see i'd say a much better version of state man this time around than we did on his return sure another fascinating uh race of course over the christmas is exactly that one although the prices would dictate that you take a flyer like jameson chester with something yeah. like saudi obviously see what lines up or you just watch state man um solidify the, uh, also, the main also, protagonist also charge. with 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 uh with state man uh spare a, spare a thought for poor old colonel mustard we 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 we, <laughs> we ran against Stateman and First Street off near enough levels, and they rated one six four and one fifty each. Now, any yep. other any other year, we would have gagged up in the county hurdle. The West Cork Bally Adams surprise package. No, those two champion hurdle horses ahead of us. Bloody hell! Hey, look, it was that borderline was illegal. <laughs> it was illegal. It was illegal what happened with Stateman last year. You know, there's something goes wrong, and then they just dot up in some handicap. You had absolutely no chance. Of, uh, of doing any better than you did and that's the way that it goes sometimes look we've come to the the end of the the christmas furore which is all of those races thank you very much for for taking time to go through them all with me here of course on the race hour it is naps time though and paddy i'm hoping this is the point where i come to you you don't have to do that of course but when i come to you and you say actually it's a race we didn't look at yet dean yeah i've got what a bit of a you, you know the score dino one from left field go on i've Love gone it. to leopardstown uh, I've not, yeah. you know, at least I've not gone Wolverhampton or Fontwell or somewhere. No, thank God. But I've gone to Leperstown on the 26th, the yeah. 145, and I've gone for a Tony Martin handicapper here in Brookie. I mean, he's not your typical, he hasn't got the typical Tony Martin form figures. This fella has actually been holding his form pretty solid. He comes here off the back of a win. Uh, he gets to run off 110 here. I know Lee McKenna was taking four off the last day, but he was a little bit keen. And same comment applies, uh, as I said, about Blue Lord. He'd done enough to get himself beat the last day, but he, he did still manage to win. It's only a five-year-old. I definitely think there could still be a bit of a bit of meat on the bone. But the one thing I will say is there's a horse two places down further, Cotahorla of Colin Murphy's. You go back and watch that race at Cork where he finished fifth in behind the Henry de Bromhead horse that um, Rachel... Arctic Brezel. Arctic Brezel. Yeah. And they popped up. Yeah, a few judges picked this out. Might have been you on here or it's mentioned on here before that this horse was one that really caught the eye. Oh, he certainly did. And like, it's not like they buried him out the back. They popped him out in front and made the running with him. Um, but when... It maybe, what would you say? When his winning chance had gone... He certainly wasn't knocked around. The handicappers give him 109. So he's one of the other yep. four-year-olds in there. So yeah, he w- could be another one. Hopefully he's not as well handicapped as my nap. But yeah, Brookie, I thought, was definitely interesting if he turns up. 
love it brookie and then well you know my the englishness in me says kadath kadathala but you you gave it a far better pronunciation jp mcmanus colors of cole murphy and um, in that race as well all right i like those out of left field paddy thank you very much we'll be keeping an eye on brookie and uh and cole murphy's runner in that 145 that's on the 26th at leperstown jamie you've got to give me your best bet of the, of the festive period well in, in the interest of, of trying to go a bit off piece, given we've covered most of the the main ones, it's not that off piece. It's in the last at Kempton on on Boxing Day and St Stephen's Day. Um, yeah, that two and a half mile handicap hurdle. Um, I like Gypsy de Choiselle, uh for Nicky Henderson. Um, has a very very similar profile to a horse called Monte Cristo, who won this a couple of years ago, the same race. Um, mm-hmm. French import for for the Manier and Suede. Uh, Pair. And basically, he's he's rated 129, which on his on his French form, I sort of get. Um, but uh, but he has form with Metier, Ajero, up for parole. Basically, you you name a a well handicapped uh, hurdler over here, and he has form with them. And he's rated 129, which I think underestimates him. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is uh, has been the plan with a little warm up. Um, at Ascot last time, where he travelled well before just blowing up close home. Uh, so yeah, Gypsy de Choiselle in the three forty at Kempton on Boxing Day. Love that in those uh, suede manier colours. Gypsy de Choiselle in the three forty at Kempton. Paddy gave us uh, Brookie in that one forty five at Leperstown on the twenty sixth. And uh, you know, may as well keep it all in on the twenty sixth. Uh, Shamblu is a point and shoot job in the role America, as we've already said. And uh, you've got a nice little Christmas travel there for you. If you really want to be adventurous, throw in Pat's fancy for Dermot Nolan, because I'm sure that's what he would have been shouting up and down about on this podcast. Um, of course, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk and thetote.co.uk. Make sure you check out all of the things the Tote have going on over the Christmas period. It kicks off, of course, with those tournaments. They start on Boxing Day. Um, and then they're on the 27th as well. And then on New Year's Day. And then, of course, we've got the Beat Benson pools. We've got the Play Spot Guarantees, Kempton, Chepstow, and then Newcastle 26, 27, 28. Fantasy is on every day. Uh, Jamie, you're going to be a busy boy. Hopefully, we've found um, plenty for people to get stuck into there. My thanks go to Jamie Benson and Paddy Aspel. Uh, I've been Dean Ryan. And I'll be back to review all of this racing uh, when we come back after Christmas. Everybody, enjoy Christmas. Uh, bet responsibly. Have a great time. And we'll catch you after the break. Thanks very, very much. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews. 